All right, let's get right to it on an issue that's certainly near and dear to, okay, just about all of your hearts. And in reality, one that is being fought and will be fought for months and probably years to come, voter integrity. Now, the Supreme Court recently upheld the Arizona voting uh, law, 6-3 to three vote, Bernovich versus DNC. Uh, they were accused of violating the Voting Rights Act, but they're not done there. Merrick Garland filing suit against Georgia, which expanded the ability, the methods, the ability to vote, the time to do it in, expanded in Georgia, contrary to some of those more liberal states like New Jersey and New York and others, but yet lawfare is there. Now the RNC, the NRSC, and others have joined to fight the DOJ lawsuit. So what does this all mean? We'll turn to Harmeet Dillon, uh, founder of Dillon Law Group, and the Center for American Liberty. Harmeet, good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here with you, David. Well, it's good to have you here. Uh, You know, you are at the top of the list when it comes to these issues uh, and very public about it. So let's look at what the DOJ is doing right now. They're suing Georgia. And in any way, does the Arizona case give us a roadmap for what this suit and this defense might look like? Yes, exactly. So the DOJ sued sued Georgia on a fairly narrow theory under the Voting Rights Act, claiming that a part of a package of, as you as you correctly stated, laws in Georgia that expand voter ability and voter integrity, and also make it more convenient for people to vote and expand, you know, the time that they can vote in that somehow this violates the Voting Rights Act because uh, statutory provisions, including voter ID and uh, requiring that people vote in their own districts where they are registered to vote are racist provisions. Now, the, the, the timing is very interesting because the lawsuit was filed by the DOJ the week before the final term of the Supreme Court, where I think that the DOJ was anticipating a loss in this Arizona case. And the Arizona case is very important because there, uh, opponents of Arizona's law that banned ballot harvesting, i.e. returning a ballot by some stranger, uh, they made the same arguments about it being racist and making it harder for people of color to vote. <laughs> As if people of color can't somehow return their own ballots like people have done for 250 years. You know? so, uh, look, I, think, I have a hard time getting a driver's license as a black man in America. I, I don't know how I managed to work my way through the system. Let me be. And I'm an immigrant, this. you know, so imagine <laughs> right. how hard it is for me to somehow figure out how to vote or as I've done, run for office in the United States. It's, it's, it's really tragic. But uh, so the DOJ is really on the ropes now because I think the Arizona case made it very clear, reemphasized what we already knew, which is that absent some clear evidence of discriminatory animus and effect, you can't stop a state from passing reasonable measures to protect the integrity of their elections. And so that's exactly what Georgia has done. And I'm pretty confident that not only will the Georgia statute very clearly survive challenged by the DOJ, but polling has shown that its provisions are very popular 
in Georgia, including with minorities. So more than 80 percent of all voters uh, have uh, have stated that voter ID is an important security measure. And 87 percent of voters have said they are against ballot harvesting, which is now being banned in many states, including in, in Georgia, um, you know, other than for you know, certainly a narrow like people of your household in, in many states are allowed to return the ballot. That's fair. Um, and 88 percent of all voters say that states should not mail ballots to people who are not registered to vote and who are not citizens. I mean, you know, these are basic provisions and these are popular with both parties, popular with people of color, et cetera. And so the Democrats have this false narrative. The Georgia voting law expands the number of days of early voting, including an early voting Saturday, allows the observation of the tabulation, scanning and duplication of the ballots and so many other measures. It makes it easy to vote with an ID by simply providing their driver's license number, the last four digits of their social or a copy of any other acceptable form of government ID. So it doesn't have to be a driver's license. And so, you know, all of these things are common sense. They're popular. And I think this lawsuit is going to get tossed out ultimately. Uh, I'm glad to see the RNC and the NRSC, NRCC, they're fighting these laws um, and intervening aggressively. By the way, David, this lawsuit is not the only lawsuit in Georgia. Uh, The the left henchman, Mark Elias and his crew, these folks have filed half a dozen lawsuits in Georgia to challenge this law. So various so-called nonprofit groups have also cluttered the Georgia courts. That's how desperate these people are. They think that voters in Georgia are stupid uh, and that, you know, the voters in Georgia are going to be happy that this week they've lost the Major League Baseball game and are losing $100 million in revenue because of the fake cries of racism that Stacey Abrams and her crew have inflicted on Georgia and costing Georgia business. Now, see, I'm, I'm a bit even more cynical on this and I see a strategy in it. Um, you made the comment about them seeing an oncoming loss with the vote on Mar- uh, Bernovich versus DNC from Arizona. Fact is, the Biden administration had said as they were, you know, involved in giving remarks and, and, and their uh, views on this case quietly that they didn't see any problem with the loss. So, yeah, they knew the loss was coming. Filing late pushes it into the next term, which makes makes it a next year battle, which is a battle. They want the fight. They want the argument. They know they're likely to lose, but they they're very good at engaging in the fight. You bring up Mark Elias and Perkins Coie, the law firm. This was the leader of ballot harvesting, of mailing ballots that went to work after Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump, and and quietly and frankly to the to my discontent and disgust, the RNC, the DINRSC, the various Republican or GOP quarters were not paying attention to what Mark Elias was doing for three solid years to get us to where we are now. Now, all that thrown in there, we've got to be more public, Harmeet, about these fights. We've got to look for these fights in the states because Mark Elias is not going to quit. Oh, absolutely, David. And so, you know, what's what's interesting about Mark Elias is that, uh, you know, he makes a lot of noise. He's very shit loud and showy about his lawsuits. And, and he actually loses most of his lawsuits. And this is 
this is an important point. This isn't me as a lawyer crowing about an opponent losing. This is a, this is admiration for a strategy. The strategy is we, you know, we will make as much noise as possible. We will throw out as many smears as possible. And by the time the court throws out our frivolous lawsuit, nobody will be covering that. And it's an effective strategy. It's not an honest strategy, but it's an effective strategy. And they have deployed it all over the country. For example, with all the lawsuits they filed in Georgia, which are eventually going to fail, I'm confident, you know, no, you're not going to hear about the failure. You're going to hear about the lawsuits being filed. And so on our side, you know, there are some limitations I just want to share and be fair about. So the RNC has hired me and other patriotic lawyers to file our own lawsuits. And I think that you know, they simply aren't as obnoxious and loud about it as the left is. But secondly, the Mark Elias is not usually representing the DNC. He's hired by a rotating array of so-called nonprofit groups and special interest groups and groups that are funded by liberal donors and in an organized fashion. And so there's a financial limit on the amount of money that political parties can raise specifically to do this litigation. And so they're not doing it through the DNC. The DNC is broke. They're doing it through a web of groups. So our side is beginning to catch up, catch on on that. But, you know, there's an infrastructure in D.C. of lots of political consultants, David, and lots of lots of, frankly, grifters. And so we haven't quite figured out a way to, to get out all the middlemen there and simply be more efficient with this litigation strategy. We yeah, need to do I, that. I've only been the telling, this, telling them this for I've only got 30 seconds, Harmy. You and I need to get deeper into this another time, but I've only been telling them this for 20 years. To pay attention, stop stop with the stupid stuff and pay attention to the overall strategy of lawfare and its effectiveness. I'm glad they have you there. I, you have no idea how happy I am because you are effective. You know how to do this. And I want, to, I want you and I to spend as much time as possible talking this through every step of the way. Harmeet Dillon, thank you. Well, my pleasure. Anytime.